Hello and welcome to another episode of Serpent Temple. This week we are going to be doing a live roundup of gigs that we've seen in the past few months. We've had a little break because we've been very busy, but we have been at gigs. We've done a little bit of interviewing here and there. Um, so yeah, tune in and find out what we've been up to. So Floyd, what have you been doing? Well, I, this is my first time using these microphones. It's really exciting. <laughs> I really want to do uh, an impersonation of the, you've seen the clip of the guy, uh, the British guy that gets interviewed. He goes, and he eats the microphone. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. Love that clip. I'm not going to do it though for, for sanitary reasons. Yeah, true. In the time of COVID, it's not there. No. Yeah. So what have I been up to? It's been a mad few months, hasn't it? We've both been super busy, work, other engagements, gigs as well. I feel a bit gigged out at the moment. But it's uh, probably kicking things off for me was uh, Bloodstock Festival. So that's probably around about the last time we caught up, I think. Probably, so yeah. I was either, either just getting ready to go there or maybe just come back from it. But it was um, insanely fucking warm. <laughs> so not as warm as Hellfest, which was, what, about 40 degrees, right? It was like 40, 41. <laughs> but it's still hot. Like, you were at 36 degrees. Yeah. But I still maintain that there's nothing funnier than seeing ginger goths sweating under 33 degrees heat. Or people with corpse paint under the heat. It's just the level of dedication. Is I was hiding for most part, so I definitely didn't watch nowhere near as many bands as I normally do at the festival. I mean, we had a gazebo, thankfully, so I was able to take shade there. I was just like wearing a hat and just trying to keep out the shade. Keep out the shade, keep in the shade as much as possible. But what I did see was pretty impressive, and definitely the set of the weekend for me had to be Merciful Fate. I think I was speaking uh, about this on one of the previ previous episodes about the about here. Is that fine? <laughs> oh, sorry, just just me sorry, being a, a complete yeah. noob while using the microphone. <laughs> so one of my favourite sets was probably the Merciful Fate one. So I was like super looking forward to that because I thought that was probably going to be a uh, a band I would never have an opportunity to see. So I'd seen King Diamond before at Bloodstock as well about ten years prior. Uh, but this was uh, just, I just love everything was great. Like the sound and the sound on the main stage in general for the weekend was actually really, really good. Like it was on form and probably because there wasn't as much wind as there normally is because the weather's not normally that warm. And I feel like the wind kind of like displaces a lot of the uh, audio sometimes. Like it seems to have like a bit of an impact on the overall sound from where I normally stand anyway. Uh, but it was just an absolutely fantastic set. I think King Diamond sounds better now than he's ever done like his voice is just absolutely impeccable and then you you, you caught a, like a quick sneak glimpse of the the setup at hellfest right we only saw like the front of the because they had hang a big flag yeah in front of the stage and then when we were watching Triptychon, they were unloading the stage but it took like an hour for them to unload everything because there yeah. was just so much gear on the stage like sets and things like that because usually it takes like 10 minutes for them to take everything off. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I think it really adds to the performance because I feel like, you know, I love it when the band kind of goes all out on the theatrics and adds like loads of stage props and things. Um, and I feel like it just really added to the overall performance. Um, they finished with Satan's Fall, which is like a 10 minute long song, which is just like a real proper epic. And it's got some real cool, like really dissonant, like black metal almost riffs in there. And you could totally see from that song how they were like one of the, progenitors of that scene i think more aesthetically more than anything with like king diamond's makeup but it's like even musically like you know the influences are there uh, so that was an absolutely fantastic set probably one of the best sets i've seen all year uh and i was actually really looking forward and really glad to finally watch uh, dark tranquility who headlined the oh, sophie stage nice. on the thursday because for me um 
Dark Tranquility were one of those Melodeath bands that, I mean, they are one of like the originators of the genre. So they're like, mm. one of those seminal bands that like, I wasn't into them as much as I was into like early inflamed and at the gates. But at the same time, like, you know, it, they just always evaded me. And I never, I've never managed to catch them live. So it was just great to finally see like, and it was a great set list as well. Played quite a few songs for across their entire back catalog. So that was a really good set. Uh, saw Pupil Slicer. So friends of the podcast. They, they were actually fantastic. So I was really excited to see them play live. Nice um, and I think they've been announced for the Damnation pre-show. Oh, cool. Which is going to be quite cool. And it's quite, I can't remember who else is playing. Ithaca. Ithaca playing the pre-show? Wow. That'd be good. I might actually go to the pre-show for once. Uh, I'll touch a little bit about Damnation in a bit anyway, because they've just made a major announcement, which is very exciting for me personally. Uh, and who else did I see at Bloodstock? I'll do a quick run through. So yes, yeah, or Testament, who were great. One of my favorite thrash bands, a band deserving to be in the big four, according to myself. So Exodus, who are also great. Uh, Crepitation, who are a, are a slam band from Manchester. They do this cool thing. They had like dual vocalists on stage. And they were doing this cool thing where they were like, they're both like performing guttural vocals where they were like doing almost this kind of like, like, uh, kind of like a, like a weird thing where if you, if, if on, this is not going to work if you listen to this off, uh, on Spotify, by the way, but they had their hands up to their mouth and were doing almost like this weird like <laughs> springboard, like boing effect that was making like the vocals like all you late. Oh, that's cool. But it was just really cool. But it was really silly to watch, but it was just really, really entertaining. But like it sounded like super guttural and super brutal, but it was just, but it was just great because obviously, you know, like a lot of slam isn't like, you know, like uber serious. And so it was just great to see them having fun on stage. And it was a good like opening um, uh, set for the Sophie stage on that particular day. Can't remember what day it was because my brain was just boiling for most of it. And yeah, and Cattle Decapitation, probably another highlight. I think it was great to see them live and finally play uh, tracks off of the Death Atlas album, which was probably one of my favorite albums of 2020. And it's kind of crazy to think that was two years ago because that still seems really recent to me. But it was, um, but yeah, it's it's been that long since they played on these shores. And I think, you know, they, they were saying, well, Travis on stage was saying himself, he's really excited to finally play the UK. And it was like, it was a really good performance. And it was great because all the bands I wanted to see was just as the sun was like dawning. So it wasn't as intense because I watched a few bands when the sun was like quite high in the sky like Lorna Shaw were on like at 1 p.m and I was standing there and yeah I had like a hat on that the sun cream on my neck but it was just still I and mean, you probably would have felt this at Hellfest it was just it's just impossible to really enjoy it when you're just there absolutely yeah. sweltering and you just feel like your skin is absolutely being cooked alive but overall I think uh, given the circumstances there was enough water points there so it was it was well organized as it typically is there was one report, though, of the, the campsite we were staying in, Valhalla. Um, there was a, like, a deluxe, like, kind of, like, coffee-like van. And apparently, at some point in the festival, they ran out of water. So they, like, rerouted the main tap for the campsite to fill up their water. Oh so no God. one had access to any for, like, an hour. Oh, my God. So, like, it's, I don't know if this is true or not. So just, I'm just I'm just saying this was the word on the streets or on the field. Um, but yeah, so if that actually happened, then fuck those guys. But like it was, uh, but other than that, everything was just really quite, um, it was, do you know what? Cause it was, I think a lot of festivals would have crumbled under 
I mean, I think it's testament to how well organized Bloodstock is and how well organized Hellfest is as well. So I think Hellfest, you know, are doing it on a much grander scale and they seem to, you know, cope quite well. I would have loved to have tried that thing you were talking about, you know, the big arch that yeah. was spraying like the mists. You would have loved it. Oh, that just sounds amazing. I would like... just be there the whole weekend. <laughs> you, could, you could watch the bands from there too, which is kind of wild. And then they had like the big misting cube as well. Oh, it just sounds amazing. Yeah. I'd have absolutely loved that. Need regular misters throughout London just for your pleasure, <laughs> yeah. Gorillas in the mist. <laughs> But yeah, it was that was uh, so Bloodstock was a great experience. Um, well, so the watch went to see Gate Creeper play at the uh, the Underworld, which was a fantastic gig. Also in the heart of summer, so it was pretty warm when they were playing as well. So it was a bit intense in there. But you could see the AC units just dripping, and they'd done the same thing. That um, it's funny every time I watch a death metal band or like a heavy band at the Underworld, everyone always does the same thing because you know how the Underworld's got that big pillar in the middle. And everyone's just like, I want to see a circle pit around yeah. the pillar. And I'm just thinking, like, I swear to God, it's, I can't. Uh, the day I watch a band that plays the underworld that doesn't do a circle pit around the pillar is going to be a rare day indeed. But that was a great set. Uh, I think they've been announced for um, Bloodstock uh, next year as well. And then, uh, and then we both uh, had the pleasure of watching. Um, well, getting into Hellfest for one of the days. You mean Death Fest? Death Fest. Did I say Hellfest? <laughs> UK Death Fest, yeah. And watching uh, Triumph of Death. Yes. Which was uh, which was basically Tom G. Warrior and co. performing um, a lot of Hellhammer tracks live. A lot, And I believe this is what the first time a lot of these tracks have been played live yeah, ever. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that was a pretty special experience. Yeah, it was very cool. Um, and you've been able to conduct a few pretty cool interviews over the last... Uh, few weeks and months haven't you yeah not bad not too yeah. bad have a, had a few um death fest was really fun because we got to we got to watch triumph of well unfortunately you weren't there um when we got to do this but we got to watch triumph of death soundcheck so we kind of got a little preview um before everything started it was just like us a few guys from a band called tribax um and tom's partner which is really cool um, and then, yeah, we saw Sacramentum as well before they went on, Yeah, which was really fun. I've never listened to them before. So Yeah, I think me and Shem were digging Sacramentum a fair bit. They played like that early breed of like kind of melodic death metal that's infused with a fair amount of black metal. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a great set. I really enjoyed them. And I think that was the first time they played the UK since the 90s. No way. Yeah, so it was. Uh, there's quite a lot of that going on at the moment. It's the same with that other festival, that Cosmic Void mm. Fest. They've got loads of bands that haven't, like, I think Mr. Kummer playing their first. So I can't say that name without emphasizing the cum at the end. Mr. Coom. This man cannot hesitate <laughs> to emphasize cum. cum. <laughs> <laughs> Any band. <laughs> what other cum bands are there? Mr. Cum. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a slam band called Cum Beast. Cum Beast. I, I feel like it's a really obvious one that I'm missing. This is bothering me now. I don't, for some reason, I'm thinking there's a Dutch death metal band called Arsebreed. What about, yeah, what, like, and Arslut, who were on Absolute, who were on the UK Death Fest that day. Yeah. I'm thinking of Nacht Mystium. Oh, it's not, not Mr. Cum, is it though? No, so Nacht Mystium, an interesting one. That's uh, Blake Judd, I believe his name is. He's the guy. That was, yeah, he was... Uh, oh, what did he do? He was quite heavily into drugs, but he was also... He was apparently sold a lot of merch and didn't fulfill any of it. Oh, it's that guy! Yeah, so he took a lot of money from a lot of fans. Okay, and, yeah, I remember this, yeah. And he was in the... Um, he was in that Black Metal Supergroup called... Um, is it Midnight? I think they're called. No, not Midnight. Sorry, Midnight, the Black Thrash Band. Mm. 
Twilight, I think they're called, but it was a super group that has the guitarists from Sonic Youth in it, Thurston Moore. But it was just, yeah, so it was like a really strange... And the album that he was on, like, actually does... that You could hear, like, the Sonic Youth influence in it. It's, mm. just, it's just a bizarre, like... That is strange. Like, meeting of musicians. But it's... Uh, but, yeah, that's who Knack Mystium are. Okay. I don't know what they'd be doing recently, but I just remember all the news sites picking up on the fact that you ripped off loads of fans. Sucks to be that guy and those fans. Yeah. yeah. But any other cum bands? No, I can't think of it. Huh, Maybe yeah, it's a shame. I feel like there's a lot, but I'm just not... No. Not getting there. Um, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You were talking about Mysticum. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, yeah, that's their first show, I think, since like 95 or 96 or something. So I think that's probably one of the main draws of uh, that particular festival, which is happening in a few weeks, I think, towards the end of the month. Um, and we also, uh, in between, just before Death Fest, got to watch uh, Tyrannus play their London show. Yes, got so sort of friends Tyrannus. of the podcast, and that was, uh, and actually, it was really good. And I have to say, I haven't seen a gig in the Dev for a long time, but I think you know the sound there has definitely improved dramatically from the last time mm-hmm. I saw a gig there, and it was it was cool. Like it's it's, it's very intimate, obviously, because it's not a massive space. And um, like any, I mean, it's a small place in particular even in the bar you've got to kind of like squeeze to get through anyway mm. but it was um it was it, it sounded great and i think callum and alistair and the guys really did a good job of you know like um just um you know showcasing their debut album so it was a great album on record and i think it came across really really well live and it was just great to see them and see that you know they're making some pretty good strides in the scene mm. and i think um you know they also played a show supporting imperial triumphant which I think gave them a lot of decent exposure. So I think it's uh, it'll be cool to see what they get up to in the coming months and years. Yeah, they've got some really cool merch that's just dropped as well. Oh, the pink merch! Oh, I yeah. love it. I yeah, love it's it. really cool. It's got like um like a a cephalopod, I think, with uh like weaponry. Yeah. Yeah, it's like wielding maces and shit. It's cool. Do you think they would need weaponry? They're quite 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 vicious on their own, aren't they? They're well, quite... giant squid um have like huge teeth like single teeth on like rotating suction pads like not suction pads but on like rotating pads on their tentacles and they're i think like 30 centimeters wide they're like really big gigantic rotating teeth and they look like huge curved claw-like teeth so like if one of those decides to like wrap itself on you then you're kind of fucked you're fucked yeah 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 sounds it i just can't help have you seen a season three of the boys yes the scene when he has to eat the fucking uh and the scene where he has to yeah yeah spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't watched the boys there's an old boy moment let's put it like that oh yeah oh yeah it happens an old boy as well doesn't it that actor's vegan and he still did that scene and he had to repeat it like multiple times no way so was that actually like a legit yeah it's the thing that he did it like it's it's lacerated his mouth because of how it was going oh no way yeah but is it not a thing we do eat like live it's a it's a thing yeah. yeah yeah I yeah. mean, people eat foie gras in the West, so same, yeah, same shit, true. really. Yeah. I suppose. I mean, yeah, it's, it's they're, they're meant to be like super intelligent, are they not? Like, they're so intelligent that scientifically, on an evolutionary level, scientists aren't sure why octopuses are so intelligent. Because yeah. on a, like, um, in terms of like predation, they don't need to be that intelligent or like survival, but they are like goddamn really cool intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen like the clip of one managing to untwist itself out of a bottle once. Oh no, it was like a jar even. Yeah, and they and break just... out of their enclosures in um, yeah. in sea centers and stuff. 
Yeah. Uh, that's super cool. But yeah. Yeah, so go check out Tyrannus' new merch. Go for it, yeah. And also, also, I was supporting at that gig too. Was, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. and I said this to Maxim at the time, I missed them because I, uh, I was running a bit. I was after work, so... But from what I gathered uh, online and through the socials, it seemed like a pretty damn good performance as well. Um, but yeah, I just got that, that, that I missed and perform. Um, but caught up with him a little bit as well and uh, had a good chat about uh, just what was cracking in the scene recently. Um, and yeah, it was just overall just a good night. It just just bumped into a lot of good people. And it was, um, and yeah, just it's just a weird one for me because I don't normally spend too much time with the dev because mm. I'm a bit claustrophobic. So it's like. And the toilets suck. Yeah, I just, do you know what? I have it. I can't even really remember. I, it's more the reputation of the toilets being bad <laughs> that I'm basing my um, judgment of them on because I don't think I've actually used them. I don't recommend it. They used to be worse, actually. Yeah. They used to be. They upgraded them and they were okay, but at that after about eight p.m., you don't want to be using them anyway. That's fair. I remember the Underworld ones being particularly shocking before a bit of a refurb. Blackheart can be... Uh, uh, they did the gender-neutral toilets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the Blackheart. I adore them, but those yeah. toilets are pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a... I mean, it's... Uh, do you know, it remi- every time I go into a toilet in a venue, it reminds me of, like, do you ever go around any of the older states that have lifts that people used to so obviously piss in? And oh, they just used to yeah. just like reek the piss. And I'm just yeah. like... oh. But I'll tell you what happened to me the other day. Do you get pissed it, on? No, but close. Oh. No. <laughs> I was uh, coming back from uh, the shops and uh, well, I won't reveal exactly where I live just for safety reasons. vague security reasons. But um, I live in a basement flat. And when I looked down the stairs, there was a guy sitting at the bottom. So I was just like, oh, you're right, mate. And he just turned around and just like darted up the stairs. He was like, oh, have a good day. And like, and I couldn't tell if the guy was homeless or a hipster or maybe he was working in a nearby bar. Like it was just like he had like a very vague look about him. Um, and um, he like walked off in a hurry. And when I came downstairs, like I, he, he pissed outside my flat in the little alcove bit. So I ran up the stairs shouting after him. And I was just like probably shouting after him. I was like, oi. But he was just turning around, shouting and, uh, and shouting sorry back at me while running in the oh, opposite that's direction. Oh, so horrific. So I actually felt a bit bad for him. I don't know, because I think he maybe just thought that no one lived down there. But <laughs> but maybe he was just really desperate for a piss. Oh, but, my God. That's so horrible. Yeah, so I had, to, uh, I had to, to wash that out with bleach. and. You poor thing. Yeah, so on the topic of pissing, that's a, a relevant story I've got recently. That reminds me of a really horrific story um, that someone, a friend of mine... Um, wrote a status of it on Facebook that they were walking past a McDonald's. I think it was in South London. It kind of has to be. Really. Sounds, sounds like a South London. You don't even know what happens, but basically this, this woman ran out of like middle-aged woman runs out of McDonald's and like hops up onto a bin, onto one of those like dustbins, pulls down her pants. She's hopped up on this bin and she's like clutching the sides of the bin and she's screaming, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And just <laughs> shits herself. <laughs> Was apologising and has violent diarrhoea into oh, a bin mate. in the middle of a high street in South London. I would bet money that was Brixton McDonald's. Probably is. Just, yeah, I've seen the wildest shit near there. Uh, <laughs> but sometimes you just got to go and you can't help it. I suppose. Yeah, I mean, fair enough, man. Like it happens to everyone. People shit themselves. Yeah, I, mean, I had to get off the bus early once and Peckham Ryan run into the Peckham Ryan Park and take a piss near a tree. Oh damn! It was just that bad. It was just one of those ones where your legs start to go numb, so I get pins and needles. Oh, do you have like the tears running down your face? 
yeah i think i did like yeah. like it like involuntarily just from the pressure and i was just like i can't handle this anymore that's just, when you know yeah. i was like i've just got to go like it, it's literally it's literally next to a tree or on the bus in front of everyone so oh but i'm quite proud of the record that i've that i've got and that i've never shat myself as an adult so well done yeah no thanks <laughs> <laughs> i get a badge made up and that's some... <laughs> never shat myself as an adult <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> shat many times but ne- ne- never in my own uh, what is it? apparel like n s uh, not n s whoa whoa whoa, whoa. where <laughs> you going with this whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> n s m a a nusmar yeah i feel like we could change the nsbm acronym in something never shat never never um <laughs> i don't know no, I think we'll think of something funny and then dub it in later. Yeah, we'll, we'll edit this. We actually we actually do a really good bit in like three hours time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll be sitting in the restaurant being like, I've got it. <laughs> I've got it. And we just scream it out. Everyone, all the Iranians in the house are like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's funny how the topic always seems to turn towards shit and piss. And that's about, hey, what can you say? They're the yeah. most unifying factors of all humankind, really. Everyone true. shits, everyone pisses. Very, very true. And then the more, the, you know, from there on, that's it. We start to diverge. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, and uh, back to the topic of gigs and our little live music roundup. This side with Mr. Cum. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all Mr. Cum's fault. <laughs> Damn them and their sexually suggestive name. <laughs> Stupid, sexy Mr. Cum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you went to a stonker of a gig in Brighton recently, right? Yeah, that was Akakoka Cryptic Shift. This ends here. And no, this is endless. Not this ends here. I, <laughs> I've literally corrected myself like five times. Um, this is endless and decimated cross. Yeah. Um, it was really, really good. Um, the promoters who did this gig are like really wonderful people. Um, Akakoka are like obviously one of my favorite bands, uh, one of our favorite bands um, and friends of the podcast. And now so a cryptic shift. We interviewed both of those guys um, and it was really, really fun. We got to talk to Jason Mendonca, yeah. um, which was really fun. He's a skater. He That's so cool, isn't it? It's just, you, when you think back to like suit era Akakoka, you, you would never have put like that together, would you? I know. It's so wild. And he's so nice and cool. And he's just as funny as he comes across in like all yeah. his other stuff. Um, yeah, that whole band have such a good sense of humor. It really adds to like the brutality of their music in a weird way. Yeah, with because their music's so dynamic, isn't it? Like yeah. it's got it's so like we said before, like how it's you know like it's theatrical and you know, it's, it's quite pompous, but not in a in, in a derogatory term. But like you know, it's got like it, obviously it takes itself seriously, but that that level of like theatricalness to to, to coin a new term mm. definitely you could definitely tell that the guys do have a sense of humor as well. And one of my favorite clips is them being interviewed by the Irish radio station. Oh, um, yeah. You mean the Christian guy? Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh, no, the radio station. Sorry, it was a television show, wasn't it? It was kind of like a Jeremy Carl sort of thing, I think it was. Yeah. And it was just like, from the from the offset, you could tell they were just there to try and make them look like fools. But they just ended up coming, like, you could tell that, I think it was Jason and David that were being interviewed, right? Yeah, it's Jason and David. They're in the underworld, I think, or well, the world's end. Yeah, because <laughs> they'd like drinking wine. Um, yeah, it was hilarious. But I think, you know, their, their candor and the way they handled it really just kind of, sh- sh- really kind of uh, elucidated how kind of stupid the whole argument against them was. Yeah, the guy's like, why are you coming here to Ireland to play satanic shows? And they just literally respond with, we were invited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> love it. <laughs> like, we were invited, mate. <laughs> it's, I think it's definitely out of all the bands that have made, like, a return and from hiatus, like, they're definitely the one band that would have been the top of my list that I would have wanted to see come back. And I'm glad that they come back triumphantly. And I have finally listened to the newest album as Renaissance well. Renaissance and Extremist. Yeah, and I could confirm that it's a definitely it's a worthy addition to their absolute back catalogue. So, and you said they played, they performed a new song live as well. They did. They've they're calling it Black Hole at the moment, but I think it's going to probably have a different title. Not um, Soundgarden cover. I'm, I'm <laughs> no, no. no. Um, yeah, at least it's well. I'm not going to make that joke. Um, <laughs> But yeah, they. It sounds really good. It's like um, it's a bit different to Renaissance and Extremist. It's still got like it's still peak Akakoka. It's got a lot of like that Rush style, like melodic, beautiful layers, and and it's sick. And Jason's vocal sounded really good on it as well. I think yeah. it like it's his voice throughout the years. I think they're picking or at least they're writing more songs that are like really bring out his vocals more in a way like i love his vocals i love his cleans i love his screams his cleans and his screams um they're just a fucking great band really yeah. inspirational and cryptic shift were fantastic live yeah they're really good they played the entirety of visitations from enceladus yeah. um which is a 2021 um debut album um and it just sounded immense it sounded bigger live i wasn't sure if they were gonna be able to throw it to pull it off because it's so technical but I saw after I interviewed him because I didn't have much. I didn't really have much time to like prepare. Um, that Zander is like literally studied at a conservatoire, so he's like a master musician. <laughs> Basically, he he knows his shit, and he was playing whilst pulling off some insanely virtuosic technical stuff. And then the bass was beautiful. Um, it was like the tone was great. There was some like funk style shit going on, like really interesting different techniques that were being used to play. So much variation. Um, and Moonbelt Immolator, which is like my favorite track on the album, which is also the first track, and it's like twenty minutes wrong, twenty minutes long, sounded really good live. Yeah, yeah, and they had all these like vocal effects on as well, like robot voice style effects. Oh, I love that shit. Like, yeah. um, like what's his name from uh, Meshuga? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like they they were like gonna say what the name of their next song was, but they didn't turn off the robot voice. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded really cool. It sounded good. That's sick. If that was me, I would just use the robot fucking <laughs> modulator for the entire like, show. This next song is... And then he was like, oh, no, wait. And he changed the pedal thing. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, I love that shit. That's amazing. But I mean, testament to how... Um, not the band. Testament to how um, good they are as just a fucking unit that they were able to pull that off live right because i mean really I mean, impressive listening to that album was impressive enough so yeah. i think knowing that they can they could pull it off live and perform it i think is you know shows that they really are like you said like master musicians yeah they're really really good and like as a band they're really unified they all they all wear like these cool high top sneakers Oh, and like cool. in some of their promo pics they were wearing like matching sneakers matching oh, high tops cool. which is cute but yeah they all had like really fancy nice high top things if i was a high top guy i'd be like oh i love your mxl 29 high tops from sony nike i don't yeah. know you know what i mean they have like these bleep bloop cool colors yeah. primary colors on them and they're like white they look good um yeah respect never been a high top guy i don't i don't like the constriction around the ankles I didn't until recently. I got um I got into buffalo boots, which are like these massive chunky boots, and they have like I actually kind of like the high ankle support on them because they look like space shoes. I feel like yeah. an, a, a cool golf astronaut, yeah. and I've just bought some hiking boots because um, I'm going to be doing some hardcore hiking soon. And nice. like I've had to go get used to ankle support because I I never ever wear comfortable shoes with ankle support. Not yeah, it, yeah like I don't like 
something telling my foot what to do. Yeah. Your moon boots are pretty cool, though. Are they the one like the ones you've had for a while, right? Yeah, the yeah. Silver ones. Oh, Those well, are fake buffaloes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they have. <laughs> they were like thirty pounds on AliExpress. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love those. And the, the the high tops on those are really soft, so it doesn't feel constrictive. And the same with my hiking boots. I think if they're good high tops, they don't feel restricted. Yeah. But I feel like for hiking, I used to, um, not like a, I'm like a, an avid hiker, but I have been on a few. I found that the Caramore shoes are quite good for that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got a pair of them cheap once and just wore them until they're absolutely just completely in yeah. ruin. But they were just, they lasted me a long time and they were great. I normally just hike in like uh, running shoes with no ankle or arch support, but this hike I'm doing is like proper like hardcore mountains, <laughs> high altitude hiking. So I, I've they said that you have to have ankle support because yeah. if I fall off the mountain, then my ankles won't snap. Yeah, try not to fall down and concuss yourself. <laughs> I'll try. Can't guarantee uh, anything. That's an inside joke, there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it's um, no, yeah, that sounds exciting. Is that uh, where you're going on holiday soon? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be hiking the Andes. So. Nice. And a volcano and a glacier. Cool. Yeah. That's some Middle Earth shit. Yeah, yeah, if I survive it, it will be. Yeah. If not, then it'll be some tragic shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you survive. Thanks. Cheers. <laughs> Me for the too. record. <laughs> for the record, I'll do a review of, uh, of like the Andean Mountains at some point. Hopefully, oh, that, sounds, that sounds super cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I need to get out of this country at some point. I haven't been away since before the pandemic. Where do you want to go next? Do you want to go back to Japan? Or? Yeah, funny enough, yeah. That's what we were thinking of. We we're thinking about maybe Japan again. Uh, to me and my partner, of course. And um, yeah, it's um, because last time we went out there, we only had about 10 days. and For Japan, that's not enough. No. And, you know, it was enough to do a fair amount of things in Tokyo, but we really want to explore more of the entire country. Mm. And and I actually was really uh, badly lagging. Oh, God, yeah. So I lost a fair amount of time just recalibrating. I just couldn't. I just was just too exhausted like i i wanted to go out and do stuff but i just needed the rest mm. so i recalibrate myself and i wasn't right for the whole trip to be honest you know the thing about going on holidays apparently your gut microbiome just freaks out when you go on holidays oh, that's really? part of why you feel so tired because i always feel tired when i go on holiday even yeah. if it's like a few hours away like on a plane i will feel like shit for the entirety of the holiday because my guts haven't got used to being oh, okay that's interesting i didn't yeah. know that yeah it's weird your guts like could control a lot of who you are Maybe that's why they call it gut instinct, perhaps. Literally, for real. Yeah. Also, in like Farsi, in the Iranian language, like your your heart is the same word as your gut. You, you say your stomach instead of like your okay. BT, BT heart organ. Okay. It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense for how I live my life. I tend to follow my stomach <laughs> more same. than my heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I think that's basically covered everything we've seen recently. I've got a few upcoming things. I also saw to. Atomic Rooster. Oh, you did? Yeah, 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 they played the Eel Pie Club, which is the second time I've seen them play there, like almost a year on, exactly. Yeah. They just like changed one one like number on the poster. It was the same poster as last year. Oh, amazing. It was really fun. Um, and yeah, they're, they're so good live. And who's still in the band currently? To... It's Peter French and Steve Bolton. Those nice. are the two... Um, technically well, sort of original ne- members like they've had quite a few different vocalists and obviously like the main guy for rooster um sadly took his own life in the 80s i believe or late 70s um and his name was vincent crane i believe i think you're right there yeah from what i remember from my review of it i do tend back. to get a lot of names mixed up at the moment it's understandable um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's so many people yeah it's <laughs> just yeah. too many just damn too people many well, people yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, but that sounds like an it. So it must be uh, affirming to be the youngest member of a gig. 
<laughs> it was pretty weird. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It was really fun. Um, we went there with Alistair, who's another friend of the podcast yeah. from Flame Bearer. Um, and yeah, that was it was really nice. It's cool to go to a 70s uh, show. And it's just one band. Everyone's Most people are sitting down. Yeah. You just get to sit down and like... It's a mood, though, isn't it? It's I mean, so just, nice. Yeah, the yeah. older I get, the more I appreciate sitting down for yeah. a show. You wouldn't catch me dead sitting down in the gig sort of 10, 15 years ago, but I now know. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Flame Bear, I think he's they're dropping a new album soon. I think they're doing yeah. a launch show at the Dev. I believe so. You're correct. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. We'll have to we'll have to give that a listen when it drops. Definitely, we'll have to review it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Good idea. We have to get back into reviewing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's um, Shem. You doing a bit of a Jamie there? Are you? Thank you. Yeah, good. So there you go, Saturday, 1st of October. So in the next few weeks. Yeah, they're playing with the Miser and another band because they've been navigated away. Uh, Purple Kong. I think it was supporting Frog Lord recently as well. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. Yeah, we keep meaning to try and catch a, a Frog Lord show. I think yeah. it's just. I just feel like that's a band I would have created. It would have been. Or like been. fantasy created or booked when I was young. It's just combining my two loves, like frogs and metal. <laughs> Frog metal is legit. Frogs are legit, so metal. There's a frog. Is it a frog or is it a lizard that shoots blood from its eyes when it feels threatened? Damn, that's cool. I it's wish cool. I had that trait. Yeah, and then there's like the frogs in the Amazon. If you touch them, you just die. Yeah, the just poison like, dart frogs. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that like the one of the most dangerous like, uh, it might like be organisms oh, on the planet? It's a lizard. It's a lizard, not a frog. Oh, it's a lizard. Yeah, it shoots blood from its eyes as a defense mechanism, which is so metal. It looks horrific. There's one. It's either a lizard or a gecko of some sort that that um, when threatened, it releases its tail, detaches as a decon. A lot of um, reptiles do that. Yeah. It's usually lizards. Yeah, yeah, that's quite cool. They're actually they were using they're trying to develop technology from that process to like regenerate limbs and people. That's the plot from the Amazing Spider-Man one. Really, I've not seen it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a great, but as oh. Reese Siffins plays. Um, What's the character's name? Is his name Reptile? Or the... <laughs> I can't remember his name. I'm not, I'm not a comic book guy. The guy that's a big lizard. I think his name's Lizard. <laughs> it's <laughs> it just honest, Lizard, isn't it? <laughs> that's so funny. The imagination that's got into oh, that is God. fantastic. But it's the same technology. So they're using like uh, the lizard's reproductive um, attributes to try and... Um... I think so. Or maybe I, I am just getting mixed up with the plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I think they're legit doing it. There's another cool thing about geckos as well that they're using, and this is a real thing. I remember reading it in New Scientist like years ago. Um, wow, I sound like a dick. But basically, you know how geckos, the way they cling on to like glass and walls is that they have hairs on their little like hand pad things that can go between molecules. So uh. they're developing gloves with like little hairs on it that can go between like literally individual atoms. Oh. So you can like climb up walls and stuff That's like wild. that. It's really cool. They're like really yeah. grippy. That just reminds me of a, that clip of a cat I saw that just ran up straight a vertical wall and was just hanging on it. That's weird. It just, I just love the agility of cats. They're so cool. They're so That's long. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No. So cool. I, I love animal facts. I know. Just, I love. I love when we uh, get into this part of the podcast where we just talk about like weird we, animal stuff. We covered octop- octopuses. Octopi. Octopuses. <laughs> they are. Mr. Cum. Octopus. <laughs> Octopussy. <What next? laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's got to be. There's got to be a band name out there, right? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's Alabama Thunder Pussy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I never listened to them. I think I have. I know they were signed to Relapse at one point, but like, so I would see their CDs and like the little Relapse, um, like uh, schedules and like release 
press things, but like um, just never listen to them. Uh, just the name just put me off. It is I'll a. Say, it's like I was saying this before. Sometimes I will not listen to a band if I don't like the name. I think I'm. I mean, with a band, you kind of do judge a book by its cover, yeah. like a band by its name. Yeah. I mean, I listened to Atomic Bitchwax because I thought they had a cool name, but there yeah. could have definitely been a version of my life where I didn't because I thought their name was lame as, at the same time. Yeah. But Bitchwax are very good. I do recommend. I quite. Them. Yeah, that's quite. It's a cool name. It's something. Yeah. It's, something like. It's similar to Alabama Thunder Pussy, if you think about it, semantically. Yeah. But it's better. No yeah. offense to. Thunder it's just Pussy. more fun to say, like, bitch wax. Atomic bitch wax. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels empowering to say. <laughs> Although it wouldn't be empowering to experience. No, it would not, indeed. No. This, it reminds me of that um, that story, um, you know, that song, um, Roller Coaster of Love by the Ohio players, I think they're called. Is that it's about the... the roller coaster that kills you? No, I don't know what the song's about, but I guess it's just about uh, the generic theme of love being like a, a, a genuine, a general roller coaster of emotions. Mm. It was covered by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but there was an urban legend surrounding the original song, which was that you hear the scream in the background during like one of the second or third verses. It's like kind of like a really high pitched, almost like an inhale, like whistle tone type scream. And apparently, it was done by the bass player. But the urban legend was it was the model for the uh, cover of the album or the single that was covered in honey and the honey like glued to her skin and it was her screaming in pain. That was the urban legend. But Ooh. I think it was disproven. I mean, if you're in a studio and there's like a woman covered in honey, that'd be really bad for the gear in the studio and it was probably very expensive. Yeah. And it would have to have been a loud screen for it to be picked up actually by the mic. Would it have been in the vocal booth? Yeah. <laughs> but it was, uh, but apparently it was just the bass player who'd done like a, like a, like a whistle tone, whistle register style. Oh, cool. But yeah, it's just when you said bitch wax, it just for some reason my mind just turned to <laughs> to, to someone getting covered in honey. I don't know why. <laughs> but anyway, so live gigs. Have you got anything coming up in the next? Uh... No, no. I'm busy with being a very dangerous explorer type person. Um, no, I have no gigs. What about you? I've got a few, so I'll be going to Damnation Festival, which just dropped an absolute doozy of an announcement the uh, the other day. Um, unfortunately, Ministry pulled out uh, for, I think, reasons beyond their control. Hmm. So instead of uh, replacing Ministry with another headliner, what they've done is get in touch with uh, a lot of the bigger bands that were playing, and they are now all performing uh, album sets. Yes. And they're all really, and it's, it's basically like a festival fantasy booked by me because you've got Converge <laughs> playing Jane Doe. You've got Godflesh playing Street Cleaner. Uh, Pig Destroyer will be performing Prowler in the Yard in full. And At the Gates, which was already announced, will be playing um, Slaughter of the Soul in full, which is part of, they, they are doing a Slaughter of the Soul tour at the moment. So that one was already announced. But yeah, so I'll be massively looking forward to that. It's also uh, their return to uh, Manchester because they've been in Leeds for the last sort of like 10, 11 years, I think. Um, so they'll be at the MEM Arena, which is uh, where Outbreak Festival was held. So at least I know how to get there and stuff. So I'll be looking forward to that. Got that coming up. Um, also watching The Who with Cute. my mum in December. 
So that'd be cool. We got her into the Who where we play uh, backgammon and cribbage with each other. Oh, that's so sweet. I love backgammon. So. Oh, that's a great game. Do you have to play backgammon? Yeah, of course. It's for the most Iranian game ever. Oh, no way. Do you know yeah. what? I'm going to have to get like a set at some point just to play. I just love it. And and I'm not like a sore loser at the game. I think that's important when you play it. because Yeah, I think, I'm a good loser. Yeah. Like, you know, because when you play backgammon, there's just sometimes you get screwed by the dice and there's nothing you can do about it. So you've just got to accept it. You would love the royal game of Ur. Because it's it. really, it's one of the predecessors of backgammon. So it's like really ancient. It was played in Babylon, literally. It's like the, well, the oldest board game in the world is 6,000 no years old. Irving Finkel discovered it and like discovered the rules for it and stuff. Cool. Yeah, I'd sick. love to play stuff like that. I, I'm real big into like the, like the old school games. Like I love um, like backgammon, chess. Chess, not so much, I think. Chess can be a bit too uh, cerebral at times. And I'm just like, you know, I don't mind a casual game of chess every now and again. But mm. it's like it's when it becomes so, you know, like intense. And when you win. And I've never I've never been skilled enough to really reach that next level where you become, you know, like competitive at it. Um, but yeah, big fan of cribbage as well. Have you ever played that game? That was a good one. I've not played cribbage. It sounds like a food. It's <laughs> it sounds like a food that's very farty. It's an interesting one. It was, yeah, I mean, probably because it sounds similar to cabbage, which yeah. so you're not far off. Mm. Um, but that's a fun one. You get like a board and it's got pins and you just, it's a simple, you're just trying to get from one end of the board to the other and you play different hands. You play for deck of cards and you've got to try and make like combinations of 15 and get like pairs and okay. similar to like poker in terms of like the, the hand and the, the hand systems for what constitutes more points. But it's, um, yeah, it's just good fun. But yeah, me and my mum would always, um, even to this day, we'll sit and we'll play that for hours while listening to music. And just one time I put on The Who and I was just like, normally playing like like 60s or 70s or 80s songs that she grew up with. Um, and I was like, let me try and see if I can introduce her to a few bands. Um, and one of them was The Who and she actually really dug it because she loves uh, throat singing. Cool. There's a technique that, um, well, in 2014, just to give a bit of context, my mum, when she had double pneumonia, she was really ill at one point, and one of the things that really helped her when she was recovering was attending uh, this holistic uh, kind of like a vocal singing group. Mm. And it was all about using um, sort of vocal techniques and singing as a form of uh, like physical therapy. Mm. And, you know, it totally made her reevaluate how, how she thought about breathing and singing, you know, kind of similar to some of the things and practices that Wim Hof does, for example. Mm. You know, it's like the little, tri the little tricks and, and tips that he does, which is like, and I know some people that have tried the Wim Hof stuff that have said that it has like improved their breathing. Wim Hof is legit. Massively. Like it's, yeah, it's, and it's crazy legit. what that man can do, right? Like he, mm. he can basically, basically control of so many aspects of his body that a lot of people don't have control over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah. And like the, what the singer of the group was also, um, was also able to do like throat singing. I can't remember which branch of throat singing it was, but yeah. So, so she immediately gravitated towards the music. And I always said to her, I was like, as soon as they perform, if they play London, would you want to come? She was like, I absolutely would love to come. Aww. So as soon as I saw the tickets were announced, I was just like, I need to buy tickets. We've got a seated, uh, seated seat. <laughs> I was <gonna> say. <laughs> so we've got two seats at the Roundhouse when they play. So that's going to be good fun. So I look forward to that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great venue as well. I love the Roundhouse. It's a perfect venue for a band like that. Yeah, just, and they'll just, look really cool as well. Oh yeah, just you always get a good view, and just the sound is always immaculate in the Roundhouse. I find mm. so. Uh, so that I'm looking forward to. And apart from that, I uh, just give a quick shout out to my friends uh, in the band Convulsion. Uh, they'll be playing a few shows recently. Unfortunately, one of the shows coincides with Damnation, which I know oh. they're pretty gutted about because they're, they're big Converge fans as well. Mm. Uh, so that's on November the 5th, and it's a, actually a evening of uh, Kentish hardcore. 
It's called Blood Soak Style 2, which is going to be at the Style and Winch in Maidstone. So they'll be the second band on with other bands such as Terrifier, who I'm presuming are named after the Big Destroyer album, uh, Freeze, Mindless, No Relief, and Drop Set. And they'll also be playing a show on the 30th of September, which I will be attending, uh, which features uh, the bands The Halfwits, Burn the Crown, and then their band Convulsion. And that's at the Black Griffin in Canterbury. So I will be attending that as well to show some support. Nice one. To the lads. Hell yeah, for the lads. And apart from that, yeah, I think I'm just going to try and survive this winter period and uh, <laughs> see what the new year brings. Hopefully yeah. I'll be able to get out to Hellfest next year. It'll be nice and warm after the cold winter. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's, do you think it's going to be a cold winter? Yeah, I, I think I remember reading it's going to be an extremely, like it's been an extremely hot summer, it's going to be an extremely cold winter. That's the way it seems to be these days, isn't it? Yeah. We seem to get like the, like the polar extremes in the UK. Definitely. Which is strange because, I mean, I, I could remember a time not even that long ago where like UK always just had, you know, like middling weather. Yeah, it was very mild all the time. Yeah, like, you know, we get like some period, we get like a couple of weeks in winter where it was a bit nippy and then a couple of weeks where it was a bit warm in summer. But it was, um, yeah, I, just, I remember London always being quite stuffy. But I think that's just because the of the pollution. pollution. Definitely the pollution. Yeah. But it's um but yeah, I think global warming's definitely had a bit of an impact on this little island. It's pretty difficult to deny it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's becoming as hard to deny as the um flat earth. as flat earth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally literally getting to that stage. It's like, look, it's really bad and people are like, nah, it's okay. Don't worry but, about it. That's funny, you mentioned flat earth. It's funny because I was um I've been watching um loads of lore videos about um Lord of the Rings or the, the Tolkien Legendarium. And um, and like Middle Earth is flat at one point. <laughs> and I'm just like, see, see? Middle Earth is flat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he intended this to be UK mythos. So it's confirmed by Tolkien. <laughs> Tolkien was a flat earther. Yeah. <laughs> he was a flat Middle Earther. <laughs> nice. But yeah, I just thought that was quite amusing when I read that it was flat and then made round. Well, maybe that's what happened with us. Maybe Tolkien was on the money. I'm joking. I don't believe that. <laughs> just I love, to how, be I love sure. how you had to just put that disclaimer in there as quick as humanly possible. <laughs> no one can edit this <laughs> at yeah. this point to make it sound worse than it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that probably brings us quite nicely to the end because we're going to shortly film a Middle Earth special. We are, yeah. We're both quite big Tolkien fans. We're going to sink our teeth into the Rings of Power TV show. I'm going to be Tolkien about Tolkien. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for watching and listening. Please like and subscribe so that we can keep doing it. Thank you and goodbye. See you.